0: Seeking a sign. Well, then what's the problem? I mean, that's what Jesus does. He does signs and wonders. Acts chapter uh, 10 tells us that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He was full of the anointing. He was anointed and full of the Holy Spirit. That's what he did. He did signs and wonders. Seeking a sign from Jesus, the sign maker. That's what he does. The Pharisees are seeking a sign. That sounds pretty good to me. But it says that they were testing him. And it says here, but he sighed deeply in his spirit. (sighs) You ever heard someone sigh deeply? It's usually not a good thing. If I hear my wife sigh deeply, it's usually not a good thing. As a kid growing up, if my dad or my mom ever sighed deeply, it usually didn't follow with you want to go get ice cream. (laughs) He sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. The, the problem is, is wrong goals will lead you to the wrong purpose. Wrong goals will lead you to the wrong purpose. And faith is a word that, that we associate with church. I mean, we call ourselves faith. We're, we're a faith-based organization. We call ourselves people of faith. And we, we, we say things like, are you in faith? And are you building your faith? And, and, and do you have faith? Uh, Paul said, I have kept faith. The faith Uh, faith is something that we easily correlate with believers, easily correlate with living for God. Uh, You can't live for God and not have faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But what is the primary function of faith? What was it designed to do? What is the objective or the goal we are trying to obtain? What are we using faith for? And I see a lot of believers get discouraged in their faith because they, it's not the faith problem. It's the owner operator error. We need to know how to operate in faith. We need to know what faith was designed to do. And here, I mean, that sounds like a legitimate question to bring to Jesus. We're looking for a sign. We're looking for you to do something. I mean, that, that's faith, right? We have faith that you can heal somebody. or We have faith that you can call down fire from heaven. We've heard about that before. Or we have faith uh, uh, that you can uh, walk on the water or cause a storm to stop. I mean, we see Jesus operate uh, in, 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 in all, we see all these signs in his life. But the problem was, is Jesus didn't seek a sign. He sought something else. I don't believe that Jesus really had to use faith for a lot of the signs and wonders that he had. In fact, there were many times he would tell people, it's your faith that made you whole. I didn't do it. It was your faith that caused that healing to happen. It was your faith. Your faith has made you whole. I believe that the signs and wonders that operated in Jesus' ministry weren't the goal, but the byproduct. What's the difference there? There is a goal. And by achieving a goal, you also achieve a byproduct, which is something else that is obtained or something else that you receive as a result of obtaining a certain goal. Jesus's goal wasn't signs and wonders and healings and miracles. Jesus's ultimate goal was obedience. I find that people in the Bible utilize faith for something different than what I see a lot of believers today utilizing faith for. In the Bible, I see people operating in faith to obey God. And as a result of their obedience, riches and wealth followed. Healing in signs and wonders followed as a result of their obedience. Now, To obey God demands faith. Obedience to God will demand faith because when he speaks to you, Abraham, and says, I want you to go from here, depart from your hometown to a place that I will show you. Uh, okay, show me I'm waiting. No, No, you take the first step. I will tell you when you get there. How many of you want to follow God that way? How many of you want God to just say, two, one, say one word, two letters go? You just go in obedience. But we want so much more than that. We want the signs and wonders to show us the direction rather than be a byproduct of arriving where He's told us to be. You see the difference? We're not seeking after signs and wonders. We're not seeking after this and that. We are just seeking to obey our father. There are many people that are seeking the things of God, but compromising obedience to God. They want peace in their life. They want peace in their life and peace in their mind. But he says, I will keep in perfect peace. What? Whose mind is stayed on me. They want God to override all the junk that they fill their brain with all week long and say, God, I'm not at peace. Give me peace. And God just becomes this source of peace and source of healing and source of riches. And and, and God is saying, no, 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 those things you won't even have to seek after, because if you learn the principle of seek first, the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added unto you. You won't even have to seek them. That word added means it comes to you and you didn't even work for it. That's what added means. Peace should be added to your life. I don't have to work to get peace. And I don't have to take a pill to be at peace. I don't have to go see a doctor to be at peace. I didn't have to have a therapist to be at peace. And I didn't have to have every situation in my life go perfectly, uh, be perfectly normal. You can be at peace in the midst of the storm. That's where it's added. That's added. It's added. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. What's the goal? What's the objective? What is the primary function of faith? These Pharisees, they came to dispute him. And sometimes I wonder if, if our uh, asking of God for signs and wonders, and I'm not saying, he said, ask. He said to come and ask. He said, ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be opened up to you. Seek and you will find. He said that there is an action on our part. But what are we seeking? What are we utilizing our faith for? We don't hear enough of faith being used to simply be in obedience. Obedience is a heart issue. Obedience is always a heart issue. Always. You cannot remove the heart from the equation in obedience to God, in submission to God. God is a God. He's not looking for compliance. He's looking for submission. There's a difference. The Pharisees, complied. Go with me to Mark chapter 3. Back up a few more chapters. We'll see why Jesus seems to be so irritated with their asking of a sign. and asking of an external blessing. But yet there was an internal Mark chapter three and verse one. And he entered the synagogue again. So he's in church. This is happening in church. And a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. Why? So that they might accuse him. See, they're looking for a sign, but they're not looking for a sign to to receive a blessing of God. They're looking for a sign to test him. Same issue as Mark, chapter eight. Same issue as Mark, chapter eight. So that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Now, watch this. Then he said to them. Because, look, they haven't said anything. They've just. All it says is that they're just watching him to see what he's going to do. But they haven't said anything at this point so that uh, uh, he tells him to step forward. And then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? I mean, he, he just he gets right to their heart. Look at that. He gets right to the heart. He knows exactly what they're thinking. I wonder which is worse in this scenario, the man with the withered hand or the Pharisees with the withered heart. I wonder which is worse. Jesus takes this as an opportunity, not just to bring a sign, not just to heal a man, but to confront a dysfunctional system. See, there is a function, but When something does not function according to its design, what it's designed to do and how it's designed to operate, it's called a dysfunction. It's called a dysfunction. It's dysfunctional, and so you have to get it back into alignment because it's not doing what it was designed to. To do. I wonder how many times we live with dysfunction and we, we allow it because it says that he came to the synagogue again. This was a regular occurrence. This is a regular occurrence. And this man with the withered hand, he was there all the time. That's what they did. They went to the synagogue. They went to church. And so did these Pharisees walking into churches. Walking into what they think they're doing as functional, but it's really a dysfunction. But they kept silent, it says. And when he looked around at them with anger, being grieved, watch this, by the hardness of their hearts, their withering hearts. And Jesus, in this instance, is, is not so much concerned with the withered heart. That's easy. I can take care of that. I'm concerned about the, the, the wizard heart. Not the man with the withered hand, but the people with the withered hearts, the stony hearts, the hard hearts. That's the one thing Jesus couldn't get in and change. That's up to them. Do I allow Jesus to be the Lord of my life? Do I recognize that I am nothing without him, but I'm everything with him? Do I recognize that I need to give over my entire, I give myself away so you can use me? We cannot allow our faith for external things to override the, 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 The need to change what's on the inside. We just got out of a series called Winning Within. Winning Within. And we talked about not accepting external changes in life and compromising the internal work that Jesus really wants to do. The internal work. We have a man with a withered hand, but we also have people with withered hands. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. You got to expose it. Expose it. This is the hand that he probably doesn't want to stretch out. This is probably the hand that he doesn't put out when someone wants to shake his hand. He, this is what he wants to keep closed. This is what he wants to keep. But he says, you've got to stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But watch this, and the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. If we have this idea that if I get from God what I'm believing for, or if God does this in my life, or if God changes this, if God, here's the question. If God answered your prayers today, who else would be affected by it? Because so many times that's what faith is used for us. My current need. My, where I'm struggling with. God, I need, I, I have faith for finances, I have faith for healing. But when's the last time you used your faith for someone else? When's the last time we used our faith and because of God meeting our need, it impacted somebody else, not just us? Now, that's incredible. That's incredible. That's, that's faith right there. I want to live in a way where it's, it's so perpetual that I'm living in obedience to my God and in obedience and I'm utilizing faith. I, I was just talking with a, a, a pastor friend of mine just this weekend. And um, we were talking about some financial stuff. Uh, He's an older pastor, and uh, I lean on him, rely on him. Um, And and he was saying some things um, that honestly, you know, I had never heard before, especially, you know, from other pastors. And and he was sharing some things of what he does, some financial practices that he has set up in his life. And and he made this statement. He said, I'll be honest with you. I don't have very many uh, uh, pastors that I can have these kind of conversations with because they lock up on me. Just talking about financial preparation and things for the future and, and different things that he uh, has in place, just some stewardship and management. He, he said uh, a, a lot of the pastors that I, I try to talk to about these things, they they won't hear anything I say because they always chalk it up to faith. And there is faith, but he said, you know what, I, I want to be in a position in my life where I, I, that I have gotten past using faith just for myself and I can begin to use faith to how, how can I bless somebody else rather than just keeping me alive and just keeping and just surviving. How can I operate in faith to such a level? Operating faith to such a level that we can function in faith. I know that there are a lot of believers that have given up on faith. I know this. They've given up on believing. I mean, just like the, uh, what we heard from Pastor Jay on Wednesday, that the, your hand is a scepter. Mark chapter 16 tells us that for believers, if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. A lot of believers struggle with that. Struggle with that. Faith. How can I have the faith that my hand contains the power of God. And then what we do is we go to the Bible and we try to manipulate scripture to align with our lack of being able to raise our thinking up to what the word says. That's what we do. And we find scriptures to side with the fact that God doesn't heal today. Or maybe he doesn't heal everybody. I can tell you right now, I know people that have, have struggled with the fact, with the, with, with the function of healing and how healing works and how healing works in the body. But when they get sick and they get a death sentence, guess what they start doing? Where the, where's those healing scriptures you always talk about? The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. Living by what you see will rob you of living by what you cannot see. I want to I live a life where faith in my life is appropriated to obeying God. I know people that, that want to have faith for finances, but they don't have faith to obey him and step out and do the thing that he's told them to do. That on, in the natural, just living by sight That's not going to bring my answer. That's not going to bring what I'm believing for. But God, I I know people that have that believe God for finances. But then when God tells them to give something away, they don't do it. Give the car away. I know you're believing for a car, but give the car away. But God, I I need the car. I'm believing for I'm believing you for a car. How does giving the car? But that's the way the kingdom works. The kingdom works by if you want to save it, lose it. If you want to get it, give it. If you want to uh, receive love, you have to walk in love. That's how the kingdom works. And it takes faith to apply kingdom principles in our lives. This is what requires faith for the believer. And you'll find that the blessings of God will be the byproduct of obeying God. Obey him. Respond when he tells you to respond. Do what he tells you to do. Go where he tells you to go. Say what he tells Jesus operated with AA. Jesus was not working to get signs and wonders in, in his ministry. They just followed him. It says signs and, and wonders will what? Follow. 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 They'll come following after you. It says that signs and wonders follow the teaching of the word. Well, what, are, what is the teaching of the word? It's commands of this is how we're supposed to live. And then when you apply that, the signs follow. Could we possibly get to a place where signs and wonders just perpetually follow us? That we make a demand on it and it's right there instantaneously. Because my life is in alignment with his word. I am using faith to align my life with his principles. It takes faith to give when you need to receive. It takes faith to walk in love with people that despitefully use you. It takes faith to forgive people that have offended you. It takes faith to be in peace in the midst of anxiety. It takes faith to step out and do what his word tells us to do we've got to operate in this kind of faith i see so many times where faith gets the bad rap faith in god gets disqualified discounted devalued to the point that people don't even want to hear those statements anymore are you in faith well, don't don't question my faith. But Jesus did. He would tell them, oh, you of little faith. He just pointed out. He made no bones about it. He just said, no, that's little faith. Little faith. That means if there's little faith, there can be big faith. Amen. I want to have great faith. He looked at that centurion in Matthew chapter 8. And he said, My servant back home, he's sick. All right, well, I'll come. I'll, I'll lay hands on him. No, no, no. I don't even need you to come. Just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. This man, this is the greatest faith that I have ever seen. This man right here operated in faith, wasn't a church goer. I mean, think about it. Jesus never healed a Christian, Jesus never healed a believer. He hadn't even gone to the cross yet. If he would do that for them, how much would he do for children of God? How much would he do for those that rightly align their lives with his values and with his kingdom principles? How much more? You don't, you, you don't have to even, uh, uh, you don't have to beg for it. You make a demand for it. In some circles and in some churches, that's even unheard of, demanding of God. You can't, I can demand that the word works in my life if I'm working the word, but the word doesn't work for those that don't work the word. You've got to live the word, apply the word, put it into practice in your life, be in alignment with what God is telling you to do by his spirit. And then you find that the byproduct of living that life is living a, a life that God is glorified in. That's what I want to see. I want to see believers that perpetually live in the blessings of God. That doesn't mean there won't be struggles. That that doesn't mean there won't be trials. But I can tell you right now, you will be much better fitted because when the trials come and the storms, how in the world is Jesus sleeping in the bottom of a boat that is about to sink? What kind of confidence is that? What kind of assurance is that that? If I said we're going to the other side, we are going to the other side. This storm cannot stop us. This storm cannot kill us. And he was planning on sleeping through the thing. Could, you, could it be possible that we have believers that operate in faith to a level that we sleep through storms? Yeah, it's quiet because uh, most of us aren't sleeping. even when they're in, Most of us, even when it's good, you're just waiting for the next bad thing to come around. Fear is just faith in the wrong thing. Could we could we get in a, in a perpetual state of faith that we could sleep through the storms? The storms don't even impact us. People will look at our lives and wonder how we're not freaking out, how we're not going crazy, how we can be so how we can have so much joy, how we can have so much encouragement, how we can be such a blessing to others. When we are in need ourselves, people will look at your life and they will say, what is it that is causing you to live this way? I am in a perpetual state of faith. I'm in a perpetual state. I can sleep In the middle of the storm. That's where God wants us to be. I want us to use our faith in obedience to his word. It takes faith to step out on nothing. But when you operate by faith, you never step out on nothing. You're always stepping out on something. Stepping out on the word of God. Faith gives you something to stand on. Faith gives you a firm foundation. And when everything else is shaking, when everything else is breaking, we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And when I belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Then my faith won't be shaken either. Our faith. See, sometimes. Our faith is only as good as what we put it in. When you put faith in people, it's only as good as what they can produce. When you put faith in money, it's only as good as what it can produce. When you put faith in your job, then it's only as good as what the job can provide you. But when you put faith in the kingdom, when you put faith in the word of God, it cannot be shaken. It will not be shaken. It will not be defeated. It will not quit on you. The faith, the the word of God will stand the test of time. And so will your